my God, we're going to get so excited about all of these fucking serial killers and all this mod shit. All these mod people, they're sick in the head. They're going to mash up your brain. They're sick in the head. (laughs) Too sick. (laughs) I'm Jenna. And I'm Khadija. Welcome to the Ghouls and Galdem podcast. We've created this space for fans of the horror noir film genre that crave nuanced representation and commentary. From the perspectives of Black women, Black storytellers, and Black horror fans who geek out and freak out (laughs) over anything that gets us gooped and spooked. Well, 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 look who it is. Welcome back to another episode of the Ghouls and Gyaldem podcast. Oh, buddy, check out our episode description for content and trigger warnings if your head or your heart requires that information. And I know we say that every episode, but there's actually a lot of dark and twisted stuff that we're talking about in today's episode, such as depictions of violence, sexual assault, and a whole lot more. And in addition to that, there are, of course, going to be some spoilers ahead. Oh, yeah. And today we are going deep into the world of serial killers and psycho thrillers. Some of whom you might know, some you might not. And some you just don't want to (laughs) know. So fresh on the heels of our last episode, Single Black Female, where we dove into the intricacies of the story that was based on single white female, you know, extremely disturbed individual and all that Mm -hmm. they would go to to get theirs. We've got some more disturbed individuals to talk to you about today. Yeah, because the world is full of disturbed individuals. And like, (laughs) that's just how the world works. You got to have the yin and yang, even how disturbed it might be. But like, they're here. They're not going anywhere. So who are we starting off with, Jenna? Oh, we're going to start off with Deborah Brown. Sounds like an innocent enough name. I don't know if anybody knows of her. I didn't know of her. Some of you might know her. Some of you might not know her. Like, I feel like there's going to be an ever-roaming theme in this episode of like, oh, the like black serial killer or the black psycho like serial killer. Like, I think that the representation of them doesn't really get seen, even though like, I know that sounds really weird to say it like that. I know it's weird to be like, where's the love for the black serial killers? (laughs) But (laughs) listen, just to get this out of the way, we are not glorifying black serial killers. We are just here to... Pull the curtain a little bit on these identities that don't often get spoken about, right? Yeah, I think we should have equal representation on everybody on this planet who likes to (laughs) murder, okay? I want want Asian psycho killers. I want want native serial killers. Like, I I want Latin serial killers. I want everybody. I want every single person to be represented in how they like to murder, personally. Because I just think the the white serial killer, the white male specifically, cis, cis hetero male uh, serial killer has had a, enough white time in the sun. dominating that demographic. Let's just, let's, just, let's just acknowledge that, okay? <laughs> right? Like, I just watched Copycat the other day uh, when we were chilling. And, like, Sigourney Weaver's like, yeah, you know, like, I think it's, like, 50-something percent of white males from, like, 20 to 31 are, like, the most demographic for serial killers. And then think about all the documentaries we see about serial killers. I'm like, technically, shouldn't we be, like, really, really afraid of that demographic? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not surprising. Not even a little bit surprising. But we're going to talk about Miss Deborah And... Miss Deborah's story is a very intricate one, and it's more of like, was it her? Was it okay? Okay, so what her thing is is that she didn't just do it by herself. She did it with her man Alton Coleman, and this is what happened. So they committed a string of murders, 
And it was around like 1984, I believe. And the couple went on a crime spree for like 53 days and over six states. They're basically like natural born killering the situation. Talk about making the most of a honeymoon phase. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, (laughs) so like, let's start dating. Now let's murder. And you're like, oh, "Oh." that's so disturbing. I'm like, that's too much for me. I Netflix and chill personally. Like I don't. Netflix and kill. I don't create elaborate murder plans. (laughs) But basically they went. Everywhere. They did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of disturbing things. Like, basically, they kidnapped a bunch of people. They murdered a bunch of people. They also assaulted a lot of people in the sexual nature. And, like, from all different ages, a lot of young girls, though. And you're just like, ugh. Like, it's almost like Paul Bernardo and Harla Hamoka. It's Hamoka, right? Or is it Kamoka? Carla Hamoka. There we go. There's her name. Kind of like them, but it's a little different because I guess like how Deborah grew up, I guess like she was also on, I think, the spectrum. And it was more almost like a slave master slave kind of situation with them. And like she was just kind of like along for the ride. That's what the courts have kind of made it seem like. But like she still got she still got her days and stuff like that. Do not worry. But the crime that led them to getting caught was Tamika Turns Gary in Indiana. And like they were like little, little children, like little pick me just going to get some candy. And it was her and her friend Annie. And they were going to the candy store. And then they had lured them into the woods and You're going to have to read it for yourself because I'm not going to read too deep into it. But all I got to say is like one of the children was stomped to death. What? Like they stomped. (gasps) Did you say stomped her chest? Oh, my God. And then the other one, they did some they did some really, really like go on the Internet, read it. But I'm just going to say they did some unimagining things to this one, the other child. And they like strangled her till she passed out and they thought they had killed her, but they didn't. What do you mean thought they had killed her, Jenna? What do you mean thought? Oh no. The one that got stomped, like to me, like what was her name? Yeah. Tamika. Tamika's the one who got stomped in the chest, but Annie, her friend that was also with her, like who got lured into the forest. She's the one who got assaulted sexually and then they strangled her and they thought they had killed her, but they didn't. And so she woke up and like told everybody what happened. And so she told the police. And then when Turk's body was found, the, they already moved on to commit other crimes. And like they actually did a lot of armed robbery. I forgot about that. Yeah, they did murder, lots of sexual assault, robbing, kidnapping. And then Coleman, Deborah's man, was actually added to the FBI's 10 most wanted list. 10, 10, just 10. 10 people in the entire entire country. You know what I'm saying? And then it said it would take weeks to catch them. And then during the 53 days, Coleman and Brown committed eight murders, seven rapes, three kidnappings, 14 armed robberies. In 1986, Brown was sentenced to death, but the sentencing was withdrawn in 2018 due to Brown's mental disability. And if I'm not mistaken, I think how that happened is I think she got brain damage by either falling out of a tree or falling downstairs. But she did have a head injury that damaged her brain. And then at one point, Deborah was actually the only woman on Indiana's death row until they changed the sentencing. Wow. Yeah. And Elton, Elton's a wildcat, man. Elton Coleman. He was born in 1955, like in Illinois. And then this is why when you see the duo as a duo, his whole thing is he's the one who would like, he murdered his friend's daughter and like he would open up animals and stuff. And like he would, there was a lot, a lot of rape in this man's past. Sexual assault was very prevalent. Murder was very prevalent. Like he's just like, Yep, this is happening. Oh, 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 oh. He was also reported to be involved with group sex and bestiality. 
with both his mother and his grandmother. Oh, 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 I don't want to, I can't even begin to imagine how those things intersect. Like, I don't want to know. I don't okay. want to know. And then, oh, I guess he would dismember animals in his own voodoo practices. And then among his peers, he was usually teased. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. Oh, he was called pissy because he'd regularly wet his pants. And then he got into a street gang and they dropped out of school in the ninth grade. That doesn't justify and any of here it. Here we go. You hear all Deborah. this messed up shit that happened in his childhood. Yeah. And you kind of, but, oh God, you want to be like, I, I, I'll speak for myself. I want to be like, oh man, that sucks. I feel really sorry for the child that you were and that you didn't get the help that you needed because that all got shoved down and repressed and somehow manifested in you murdering and assaulting people for the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. That's the other thing. You know, it goes into like hurt people, hurt people. And you're like, yes. And then, and then, you know, the other dark points of the mind that we do not know about. Cause like, I don't know, the human brain is uh, pretty fucking complicated. You're like, what is that? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh yeah. Deborah was actually dating. No, she was engaged to this one man and then broke up with him and then ended up with Elton. So think about it. This might've never happened if she did not break up with her man. Ain't that wild? Just one decision. Wow. It takes you on a whole journey for 53 days. Cause like, you need to read into this because, like, you know, honestly, you don't need it. You don't need to read into it if you don't want to. Because, like, a lot of the shit that I read was pretty fucked up. Like, I just said, like, they stomped a seven-year-old child to death. Okay? Like, that's, that's a tiny body. So, like, if you don't want to know anymore, that is totally fine. But, like, they did a lot of fucked up shit. A that's lot so of fucked up shit. And then the armed robbery, I was like, oh, how did you not get caught sooner? But I'm glad you got caught. I'm glad you got caught. I'm glad you got put in the places that you need to be put into. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he actually got sentenced to death. I think he got lethal injection and she didn't. I think she's still alive. So, yeah, that's uh, that's one. That was a two for one. Yeah, that was, oh, gosh, that's a lot. Yeah. This is um, it's a heavy episode. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you when know, we said that we were going to do an episode about serial murderers and psycho killers, I was like, yeah, we'll just do an episode about serial murders and psycho killers. And yeah, it's oh, weighing heavy on the soul. All right. Well, yeah. Talking along, though. Get it. So one of the people that I was reading about is a man named Samuel Little. He was born in 1940, and he was an American serial killer who eventually confessed to murdering 93 people. That's a lot. Like That's a lot. That's a lot of friggin' people to have killed, all of whom were women. Oh. He was convicted in 2014 of a handful of murders, but, like, not even close to 93, though. So there were at least... 68 of his victims who were black, according to officials, and his confessions. At least three of his victims were Hispanic women. One was Native American, at least. Several of them had mental disabilities. And again, at least one of them was a transgender woman. 60 out of 90 were black? Yeah, 68. (laughs) But this is why. The reason is that he would refer to his victims as succulent fruits he could enjoy without penalty. Oh, yeah, man. Ooh, that says a lot about society. Right? So he's, he's quoted as saying, I'd go back to the same city sometimes and pluck me another grape. <gasps> How many grapes do you all got on the vine here? <gasps> he boasted about avoiding people who would be immediately missed. For example, he said, I'm not going to go over there into the white neighborhood and pick out a little teenage girl. So this man 
was fully aware that he was preying on people who existed at the margins of society. Again, 68 of his 93 victims were black women. So he was deliberately going after women that he knew no one would give a fuck about. A lot of them, like I said, had severe mental disabilities, a lot of alcoholics, a lot of drug addicted individuals. Like some of the women had run away from their families. 100%. This was at a point in history where like, you know, divorce wasn't super common. Was I was literally just reading an article today about how the statistics that lower a woman's life expectancy if she's in a heterosexual <laughs> marriage. So thinking back to 40, 50, 60 years ago, where women were trapped in these very unhappy marriages, he was often preying on women in those circumstances. And the most vulnerable. And like, you know, even if you really think about it, you probably went after sex workers too. And those sex workers were probably Oh, tons in of them places. were sex workers. A ton of them were sex workers. Right? And like, you know, they will never be missed. Da, 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 da. That fucking rhetoric. And you're like, uh, the fact that People always deny that shit. I'm like, no, when it comes right from the horse's mouth, you better fucking believe that Mr. Ed said nay. Exactly. Because this is a black man. This is a black man who had close contact to the communities that these women were from. So it said that he was raised by his grandmother. He had problems with discipline all throughout his childhood. He was arrested dozens of times, like literally into the 30s. And one of the interesting things about him is that he was an avid visual artist. Oh, no. And by the time he had been arrested, he... He made weird art. He he had drawn portraits of many of his victims. And so it was due to those portraits that families were able to identify (gasps) their lost loved ones. Which is this weird sort of twist of fate that it's thanks to him that they are, they were you know, some of these, pe- exactly some of these people who had been missing for decades were eventually identified due to his drawings. Just so, so bizarre. So, so bizarre. The mind and the madness. Yeah. Eventually he was tried for uh, several of the murders. The prosecution presented DNA evidence as well as testimony of witnesses who were attacked by him at different times throughout his criminal career. And on September 25th, 2014, he was found guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment without possibility of parole. On the day of the verdict, he continued to insist on his innocence somehow. I don't know how you get to the point where you're fully admitting about, you're fully admitting to these murders, but then also insisting that you're somehow innocent He probably feels justified in those murders. That's the only thing I could think about. Unless he's just like, it wasn't me. Like, he's just pulling a shaggy. He's like, oh, I don't know. You caught all my portraits. It wasn't me. And I'm like, oh, dude, just just give up the ghost. It's now for a permanent timeout. Like, that's that's where we are now. You just gotta just sit down. (laughs) Just take a seat, sir. You gotta sit down and now, like, deal with, like, you know, prison. And then prison. And your consequences. Not fun. These are the consequences for your actions. Yeah, don't murder people. The Wikipedia shows a list of many of his victims, the ones that he confessed to, but tons of them are unnamed, which is really unfortunate. Those are lost souls whose identities will remain unknown. And I feel for their families who won't know what happened to them. As far as his death goes, he died on December 30th, 2020. So not that long ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 When was he born? He was born in 1940. So he was in his 80s. He was 80 years old. He was 80 years old when he died. It's crazy to me because there's a lot of conversation happening right now about the fact that Emmett Till's I want to call her his murderer because of her that that boy died. Carolyn Bryant Donham. Yeah, no, she's the murderer for sure. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. yeah she's the, she's an instigated murderer. Like she is an accomplice. Exactly. If she didn't say shit, nobody would have done anything. She was just recently found 
Obviously, many people are like, oh, she's still alive. She's still here. It's been stated that she confessed to having lied about the fact that this little boy tried to holler at her. Y'all should throw her ass in jail. jail. I scrolled past the TikTok the other day of a white man saying like, what? So we're just supposed to serve this 86-year-old woman with a warrant for her arrest? Yes, the fuck we are. Yes, the fuck we are. Why not? Are you kidding me? Why not? Like, if we found a Nazi that was alive that did a war crime, motherfucker would be in jail. Exactly. Gonzo, see you later. I don't care if you're 86, 92, 104. You know what you can do? You can see what prison is like. Even if you're in there for a day. Even if you're in there for a day. I don't care. If that causes your death, I know that sound, might sound really, really harsh, but the thing is, is you just literally took this little boy's life and the whole lineage that goes with him. You took a bunch of families that could have been alive today because you don't like black people. That That's the only reason why that boy died is because you don't like black people. So like, why, why can't you go to jail if you're alive? No, literally, she lied. If she lied to she police and killed lied. somebody, why can't she go to jail? death. A gruesome death. Like, he had no face. Yeah. It looked like a fucking marshmallow pillow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was unrecognizable. No, that wasn't a human being lying in that casket. And you know what? She said it. She said it. You saw the pictures of them laughing at that shit even when he was dead. Like, so no. We're supposed to, are we supposed to serve? You know what? There are old ass people in jail slash prison slash any fucking confinement thing that you have to do because you you get in trouble and shit. They're in there. Throw her ass away. Throw her There's whole people. There's people who die in jail. Away. There's people who die in prison. Throw her whole decrepit ass away. I don't give a Why shit. Why can't she die in there too? Yo. No. There's people who go to jail for less. Exactly. There are people in jail for literally less. This woman needs to be held accountable for her actions the same way that this man was held accountable for his actions up until the day he died. Right. So do it. I don't mind. This obviously this TikToker minds way the fuck off. And I'm like, oh, what's your fucking problem? Is she is she your aunt? Is she your grandma? She your fucking cousin? Like, even if she is, even if she is, even if she is, she deserves to be in jail. No, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, if you have some type of personal connection Mm -hmm. to her, like, I see if your sentiment for that. But it's like, even then, it doesn't matter. She did the wrong. She do the time. Well, talking about someone else who did a whole lot of wrong. Oh, a whole lot of wrong. Like, I'll tell you, like, I remember it's like some Game of Thrones shit because you're like, oh, so who doesn't like a good poisoning? Ooh, this one has like flowers in the attic vibes to it. This one also has like six cents. Like, I feel so much better now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, oh, so I don't like your ass. I'm just going to poison you. And you're like, oh, that's regular for some folks. So we're talking about Roberta Elder. Yeah. Some of you, some of you might know her again. Some of you might not. Yeah. She's one of the few black female serial killers in American history And her crimes, again, have gone under the radar for quite some time. It's been assumed that her killings began as early as 1938. But, Mm -hmm. of course, that being so long ago, the exact date hasn't really been pinned down. And, like, think about it. The only reason why... (laughs) Because, I don't know, when people like to poison people, they like to poison people too often and too many at a time. So, Roberta decides to... Get a little wild and start murdering a husband. Is it their first one? I don't know. But no, this one's her second husband. <laughs> this is her second husband. <laughs> At least. <laughs> so Mr. Reverend William M. Elder died after eating bananas and cheese, which like that sounds weird combination, but go off. I, I like it. I like if bun and cheese, just think about Bun and cheese, but with banana on it. I'm like, you're right. You know what I mean? Banana bread. I eat my banana bread with cheese. Oh, similar to bun and cheese. Yes. (laughs) Victims giving us something to talk about in 1952. So, Reverend Elder 
a respected Baptist preacher in Atlanta, Georgia, lost his daughter, Fannie Mae, to pneumonia one year before his own death. And another daughter, oh, Annie Pearl, died of pneumonia two years prior to that. And the same coroner that examined his daughters was bewildered that, you know, the reverend's skin looked a little rubbery and his body was like emaciated. And so concerned about the multiple elder family deaths. Well, duh. You're like, why is everybody in this family dying? What's going on here? <laughs> How come y'all all, all getting sick? Is there something up? I don't know. Is there something in the water? Something in the water. <laughs> he decides to do a test. And the test was for arsenic poisoning because the symptoms which were present, much like pneumonia, it's, I guess it's kind of like a normal thing to look at. And you're like, oh, shit, that might be arsenic poisoning. That might not be pneumonia. And like, I understand, like pneumonia, for some reason, like around that time, everybody was just catching it. Everybody's just catching pneumonia and dying. Well, sometimes today they do, too. But like, honestly, back in the day, I'm like, ooh. So after that, they found the arsenic in the reverend's body. And then he decided it was time to alert the authorities to the multiple deaths coming out of the, you know, the Easton Street home where the elder family lived at. Right. So the police immediately turned their attention to the Reverend Elder's wife, Roberta. Roberta and William had only been married for a little over two years when he died. And they had set up a household with William's five children from a previous marriage. But only one year into their marriage, William's daughter, Annie Pearl, became ill and died, followed by Fannie Mae. William was a construction worker by day, in addition to being a reverend, and it said that he was at work when he became violently ill and told his co-workers that he had just eaten bananas and cheese. If I was his co-worker, I would have been like, that's probably why you're sick. You're eating the bananas and the cheese together. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I bet you it was like American cheese, like it's, a craft yeah, single. probably. Just wrap it around <laughs> a banana. That's fucking disgusting. But I digress. Roberta called in a doctor who gave him medicine and instructed the family to call if the reverend did not approve. The doctor, however, was not called again until William was dying. So Reverend Elder's children had observed Roberta giving him milk of magnesia, which she did for the sisters, supposedly to help them ease their symptoms. But it wasn't until later that they suspected that this was how she had been administering the poison to them. See, this is the part that's got me like, this is flowers in the attic. She was the grandmother. Roberta <laughs> was the grandmother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this will never happen. This will never happen. It was the milk of magnesia. Yeah, instead of <laughs> instead of it being sugar cookies, it was fucking milk of magnesia. The donuts, like, what the a donuts, the powdered difference. sugar donuts. <laughs> so, okay, so the, the surviving family members were all treated for exposure to arsenic after showing symptoms themselves. And each of the deceased elder family members had a life insurance policy taken out oh. in their names by Roberta. It's a setup ting. Hey, it's all about the money, money, so money. The police ordered the exhumation of Annie Pearl and Fannie Mae. And, you know, through, I guess, another sort of, like, posthumous, well, I guess all autopsies are posthumous, but after (laughs) exhuming their bodies, they found trace evidence of arsenic in both the women's hair, which was enough evidence for the police to believe that they had to arrest Roberta. See, this is why, um, like, just do it incrementally, please. Like one said was like one was in one year, one was in two years. And I assume this one was probably the third year. I'm like, girl, if you're going to kill people, how about we kill them slowly? How about we go for like a solid like four and then, you know, like maybe like a six and then maybe like a an eight. You know what I mean? So we can then slowly process the money. Are you advocating for more informed murdering? Like, what? what is this? I like everybody who want like, is a, like, if you're going to murder, like, you, you know, you should get caught. But I just think like, when you look so sus, you look so sus. Come she on. But she thought she was slick. Well. She thought she was slick, though. And as the police continued the investigation, they found that Roberta Elder left a trail of bodies in her wake, starting in 1938 with the death of her common law husband, 
John Woodward, number one. Then mm-hmm. 10 more potential victims were identified that died mysteriously while living with Roberta. The victims included an adult son, two of Roberta. Oh, shit. She just likes killing kids. She's Fuck. sick. She's sick. She likes two of Roberta's infant children. Her own children. One only one week old. Ooh, the other two weeks old. Again, this weird, she likes to do it in one, twos, and threes. A grandchild and her mother. Wow. And Roberta took out life insurance policies on several of the deceased in the ranging of $50 to $225. And I mean $225, not $2.25. Like it's the olden times, but like she's not stupid. <laughs> and with the largest policies on Reverend Elder for 500 and 550 on Fannie Mae, she collected on the policies after their deaths. So the police, however, could never prove that she ever purchased arsenic, though William's surviving children believe she got it from her brother's farm. Oh, I wonder if it's like, oh, for like rats or... I wonder what arsenic's made out of. I wonder what plant. If you like, maybe it's like easily conceived in farms and stuff. I wonder about that. But Roberta was convicted to a life sentence based on the circumstantial evidence. Cause like, you know, that makes sense. And she was in prison. The prosecutor lamented that Roberta could not be executed because the law prevented it under the circumstantial prosecutions. So she fucking, she, she, she got out of the seat of her pants on that one. But throughout the investigation and trial, Roberta m- maintained her innocence. So this chick was still out here claiming life insurance policies and killing everybody she possibly could. And she was still like, I didn't do it. You've got to be a really sick individual to be out here in the world, just taking people's lives and then somehow trying to maintain your innocence. I, I just think like if you're not being executed, like... I guess with her, I think maybe the thing is, is that they can't prove with the arsenic, but they can prove that there's arsenic in the body. And then like, I think she just thinks that like, she's not going to die. Then like, why say that you're not innocent? Because like, you never know. Maybe she had a good lawyer. Okay. So quick pause. Arsenic is actually a naturally occurring metal found in the earth's crust. So it's an element. Rather, it's not plant-based at all. Oh, cool. Look at these serial killers teaching us things. I did not know that. So one of the things that I found interesting about Roberta Elder was that she was dubbed Atlanta's Mrs. Bluebeard, which is a pejorative term often referring to those that killed multiple family members. It's based on a fairy tale about a wealthy man with a blue beard who kills multiple wives and leaves their bodies to rot in a special room in his home. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've heard this story before, interestingly enough. Like, here's the parlor of my dead bodies. This room? Don't ever go behind this door. The West Wing. It's my secret murder room. (laughs) It's forbidden. (laughs) That's what the Beast was actually doing. So according to the Pittsburgh Courier, reporter William Folks said that Roberta outdid the original namesake in her killing because of the number of deaths that she was linked to by police. The black press, the African-American press, began to refer to Roberta as a serial killer. But Roberta's killing spree somehow did not draw attention from the mainstream white press. The black press including the Pittsburgh Courier and Chicago Defender, reported on the case and on Elder's victims. And the coroner declared Roberta's killing spree an unheard of thing that read like something out of a storybook. But yet still, it received little attention. Roberta was sent to prison, having never confessed, and her killing and victims went unremembered. She was a female serial killer, a novelty to reporters and scholars alike, and still somehow seemed to arouse no interest. Well, here's the thing is that like, I I love it how it's like, oh, it's so unheard of. It's so unheard of. I'm like, it's just because it doesn't get reported. It either doesn't get reported, 
doesn't get found out. Or like in this case, like it only goes into the black publications. And if it only goes into the black publications, the only people are going to be talking about it are black people. And like, let's be very honest. It kind of seems like if you're in a certain area and you're amongst like a certain demographic, you're only going to be around those types of people. And if you're only going to be around those types of people, well, like, think about it. When we always hear about murderers all the time, it's always somebody that you know, or, you know, it's somebody within that place or whatever. So it's like, well, if you're from like a really, really, really white area, you're probably going to murder a lot of white people. If you're in a black area, you're probably going to murder a bunch of black people or the other people's like of minorities that are in said place. Right. It's kind of like with the Alabama, like missing children and stuff like that. And they're just like, well, like who knew? And we don't know. And it's like, well, it probably might be somebody from that community. Even the dude that you just talked about who like plucked black women off the street because nobody was going to care about them. It's like, well, it's like that's kind of the narration. And that is the facts of these things. It's like it's not unheard of. It's just like, nobody gives a damn. Nobody gives a shit. Like, it's part of why there's so much conversation within the indigenous community here in Canada on Turtle Island about murdered and missing indigenous women and girls who, and like the numbers for for those murdered and missing indigenous women and girls, those numbers are terrifying. It is astronomical. Yeah. And yet still, it's it's such a struggle to get the mainstream media to pay more attention to, to those cases. Mm-hmm. Or to do anything about it at all. And to do anything or about it. to any recognition. They're like, oh. And then when somebody talks about it, they're like, uh, that's not the point. And you're like, dude, but like, come on. Like, if you see, like, it's like the, the white, like, it's like the white Australian couple that went missing. And you're just like... That was a white Australian couple in Vancouver. And for some reason, all of Canada was up in an uproar. And you're like, dude, like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have all these murdered indigenous people, specifically murdered indigenous women. And like, where, 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 where it's that at? Where, where, where's everybody losing their mind over that? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's the same. It's the same thing. And it just keeps happening. And then we get gaslit on the content. And you're like, no, it's, it's for real. It's for real. We even heard it out of a murderer's mouth saying that it's easier to kill black women and minorities because nobody will care. But if you get a white girl, you will be caught in two seconds. Well, so in the case of Roberta, the easy comparison was that in the same year as Roberta's prosecution, a white woman named Nanny Doss was accused of killing four out of her five husbands. Oh, shit. Did the last one get away? I'm not sure, to be honest, but she was called Lady Bluebeard or the Giggling Granny because oh, she supposedly giggled every time she was asked about the killings. Oh, that's And hot. the police later suspected that Doss may have killed 11 family members Nanny Doss's case garnered national attention and continues to arouse public interest today, evidenced by her name appearing in top 10 notable female serial killers, as well as studies on female killers, which this part doesn't surprise me at all, because when we were preparing for this episode, this is just a frustration in the existence of being Black, is that like when you type things into Google and you have to add Black or black women or black men or like just for black people in general even still barely anything comes up Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that these people don't exist these people or things don't exist when you're looking for something specifically black it's just that it's buried deep within the trenches of the internet the algorithm is data oh yeah oh algorithmic prejudice whoa don't get me started don't get me started oh Um, we already know (laughs) Work Go appropriate hair, woman. everyone. We all Go know. Go type beautiful woman into Google and Ooh. see what pops up. I dare you. Actually, that is, that's a little assignment for all of our, for uh, all of our <laughs> listeners. Please go to Google, Remember? type in beautiful woman and see what pops up. I think like Kate Middleton pops up and I'm like, oh, you need to stop. <laughs> she's beautiful to somebody. She's beautiful to someone. Obviously, William. I'm not saying she's not beautiful. She is. I'm not like, saying she's not either. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, the, the most in the entire world, like, in the uh, entire universe, um, on the um, planet Earth. Um, 
Like, I'm not even saying the Milky Way. I'm not even saying the cosmos. I'm just saying planet Earth. You're saying, like, that's that's the one? No. That's the one. It's a miss for me, dog. Oy, oy, oy. Okay, so this being a podcast about movies, we have to talk about some films that touch on the subject of serial killers and psycho thrillers. So, Jenna, take it away. I, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I watch this movie like it's like a fucking Christmas movie. It's, I, it's like, honestly, <laughs> I love American Psycho. I love American Psycho. Why do I love American Psycho? Movie. Because it is no different than People Under the Stairs for me. Mm. Is that it just shows middle to upper middle to upper, 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 upper class, like rich CEO white america in the light that it is like i get it we're from canada but i'm just saying like we're out here being like how the fuck did you it's just outlandish it's outlandish it's outlandish the shit that they say in that film i would love to read the book i haven't read the book yet but like it will happen eventually and i can't wait because i'm very interested but like honestly like every time he like Oh, the like the fact that he like he he tries to say things about like music to make him seem like he's like a normal person, and then the white cards, and then everybody looks the same. Like everybody has the same stupid ass little glasses, has the same stupid ass gray fucking suit, has the same stupid ass haircut, and they all hate each other for it. Like mm. they're all just in this rat race of being the same dude in the same Fortune 500 company. And then you find out that his, I think it's like, if I'm not mistaken, like his daddy gave him that role in the company. And you're like, so you don't even really know what to do in this company. But y'all are like (laughs) balling out so hard trying to get into this place, trying to get into this place. You don't even like your girlfriend. And you're just basically like, you just tune, like Reese Witherspoon. Like, I'm just going to tell you, that is so funny. She is so funny. He just puts on his earphones and she just keeps talking. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that one girl that he tries to date that's basically like high off Valium all day. And like, he's kind of in love with her. Like, I think he is, but it's only because I think it's like he's in love with how like disastrous she is. Like, she doesn't give no fucks. Like, she's kind of like, I guess she's like showing the truth of who she really is, which is just like a high ass lady. And you're like, I guess that's respectable because like, He's not even showing his true form, which is like, I like to murder sex workers in my white apartment. Like, I'm going to tell you how crisp and pristinely white his apartment is. And he just he tries to murder people that way. When He throws the chainsaw and it hits that bitch. I'm like, oh, my God, you were so close of getting away. Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. I just think I like the really, really clean look to the really nasty inside. It's like in Berenstein Bears when they do, they say, like, don't talk to strangers. And they're like, Sister Bear's like, why? Why don't talk to strangers? And like, I think it's Mama Bear or fucking Papa Bear is like, yo, bitch, check out. Look at this apple. This apple looks so good, don't it, bitch? And she's like, yeah, that apple looks so nice. It does. And it's like, oh, yeah, and this apple looks all bumpy, right? And she's and she's like, yeah, that's a, like, a fucked up looking apple. So it's like, but what do you think? Which one's worse? And she's like, I think the bumpy one is. And then they're like, no, check this bitch and they open up the fucking nice looking apple and there's fucking worms in it. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I like American Psycho because yeah. that has all the worms in it. And that's why I like it. <laughs> I just like it. I just like it. And I like it when they like call out rich people, to be honest. I enjoy I enjoy it. I really do. I'm like, yo, because rich people do weird shit. They do a lot of weird shit. And, you know, thermantropy. You know, thermantropy? Th- what how do you call it? What? When you're trying to be a philanthropist. Philanthropist? Philanthropist? Philanthropy. That's the one. That's the one. Those ones are nice. They like giving away money for good causes, but like they also might be psychos too. We don't know. They might murder people. Might all just be an act. It, yeah. Let's be real. They might all be lizard people. We have no idea. What's yours? Well, there are two movies that come to mind for me. Like there are a ton of great ones out there. But when I started thinking about the ones that really stuck in my memory, I remember the summer of 2007, 2008, possibly. 
I had like a sleeve of burned DVDs and included in those, remember when you used to have like those travel cases? Oh yeah, the days of the Kazaa, the Kazaa, Yeah, for all of your CDs and DVDs, yeah, and like someone would burn a movie like 15 times. Anyways, we had, I think that's probably how I watched 300 for the first time, but two of the movies that I remember being in that pile of DVDs were Carla, the Carla Hamolka story. Oh, yes. Where Laura Prepon, sweet little Donna from that 70s show, played Carla Hamolka. And it was, this was shortly after Carla Hamolka had been released from jail and was living in Quebec, I think, and had gone, gotten a ton of plastic surgery. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot. Remember that? She was on the run. Yeah, she I remember, was on the run. Yeah. She was like, nobody's going to know who I am. No. <laughs> no one. I remember, I think she lives in like Hawaii or something now. But I remember in, I was probably in grade 11 or 12 when this came out. And I would grab a 24-hour newspaper every morning on my way to school. And I remember reading about her being released from jail. But anyway, the film... So twisted, so gross. I can't even remember who played Paul Bernardo in that movie. Oh, so they like, they like really go into it, eh? Is it kind of like promising young women when you're kind of like, wow, I know that I think I can watch this, but it turns out I really can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's really twisted. It's really disturbing. It's really gross. Like, I like that. Yeah. And then the other one. I'll figure it out. I'll watch it. Even worse than that is... Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. Okay. This movie really did a number on me, partly because it's based on a real life story of. Oh, we hate those. <laughs> well, yeah, we you hate know that, those. That's never a good sign. <clears throat> a young girl and her sister were sent to live with their aunt or family friend. I can't recall exactly. I think one is real life and the other is fictionalized. And the woman that becomes their guardian is a truly a monster of epic proportions. She really just brutalizes these two girls. The one girl, especially, I think her name is Meg. Oh no, not Meg. Turns out, like, seems like everybody hates a Meg. I'm like, no, this poor girl got Megged. Yeah, so these girls, Ruth and Meg, are living with their aunt, and the aunt is just a monstrous individual. She pretty much ties up Meg in the basement and proceeds to torment her for an obscene amount of time. Like, she leaves her down there, starves her, dehydrates her. She brings down her sons and the neighborhood boys and encourages them to sexually assault her. It is diabolical. Like, Like, really just treats this girl like a fucking punching bag and dirty, like, scumbucket. It's so gross. It's entirely dehumanizing. I know what this movie is. Okay, so I don't know, like, I don't know the movie, but I've seen this cover because I'm looking at it right now. I've seen this cover a million times when I was little at the fucking, not little, you know, like 17, that's a little thing, but at the fucking video store. Yeah. I don't know if this is just for the, from the film or whether it happened in real life, but at least in the film, they take a heated bobby pin and they carve the words, I fuck, fuck me on her abdomen. It is, (gasps) yo, oh God, they perform genital mutilation on her. Oh, of of course, of course they have to. They yeah. have to do it. They have they to like, do it because they're fucked. They burn her. They cut her down there. They burn her down there with a the blowtorch. It's like, this is the type of shit that you just wish that everyone involved in a situation like this truly suffers burns for the rest of their life. True. Like suffers for the rest of their lives and then burns in hell. Oh, yeah. Wherever afterlife thing that like makes it so like you don't have a good time, like you like you just have you're going to have the worst time in your entire life. Like probably you just feel like you are melting all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. OK, this is the thing. The movie that you're talking about and this is reminded me. So the movie that it reminded me of is called An American Crime and Khadija. It's fucked up because the thing is all those exact things 
things are exactly the same that happens in this movie. And this is also based off a person, but it is a different person. So this is what we need to understand that this happened twice in two different places. Oh yeah. Cause Elliot Page is in that one. Because, and also came out at the same time. This one came out in 2007 too. Wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. And like, the same kind of shit, the same kind of shit. Like, but I think it's not the abdomen that they burned something into this chick. I think it's her butt. Yeah, this is based on another true story, but I don't think it's the same true story. No, that's the thing. You got these Whoa, weird this is, what ladies. What is wrong with people? <laughs> what is wrong with why? Why? And you're like, I don't know. Like, you're just like, there are too many. Actually, is it in the same month? Check this out. October 3rd, 2007. Oh, January 19th. 2007 either way it's in the same year but that's wild that's wild though oh man oh god why are you doing this to kids how about you leave people's kids alone in your care if you don't know how to be a babysitter don't babysit i'm so disturbed that sounds fucked up when i said it like that but i'm just saying if you if you ain't gonna baby kit why 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 didn't you abuse the other kids what's wrong with these kids why are these kids like, you know, like, I like it. I'm like, why? Why you do that? Why you do that? Why you do that? This is just a sign to me that, like you said earlier, Jenna, hurt people hurt people. So yeah. I know that this isn't a possibility for every individual, but please seek therapy. Please talk to oh, those, yeah. to those seek that it. you care about. If you suspect that someone might be, you know, pulling the wings off of butterflies and trying to drown cute little puppies or whatnot as a child. Keep an eye on that person, please. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Tell their fucking parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, just tell, tell somebody, see something, say something, you know, TTC rhetoric right there. Yeah. Just saying not, you know what? A lot of you are going to Google what TTC means and you know what? You're going to be sorely. (laughs) It's not going to be anything. You're going to be you're like, why? Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Ghouls and Galdem Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Ghouls and Galdem. And how am I going to spell that? I'm going to spell it like G-H-O-U-L-Z-N-G-Y-A-L-D-E-M. Beautiful enunciation. <laughs> Please let us know what black horror film you'd like us to review next. Yeah, dog. Just slide into those DMs. Send us your recommendations. Show us some love and make sure you tell all your friends about us. Ghouls and Galdem is a Bone Lace production in association with Two Skins Entertainment. Production support was provided by James Carlisle and Andy Dolgan on behalf of Toronto-based Big Bad Audio. Check them out at bigbad.ca. And our bop of a theme song was recorded by Trombotai. <laughs> 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 <laughs>